1: These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
2: This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
3: Holy Human with Leanne Rimes is a production of iHeartRadio. Today's guest has truly helped me step into a deeper place of wholeness and openness that I am in today. Nicole Los is a somatic practitioner and we'll explain exactly what that is in a moment and also how Nicole changed my life and could change yours too on today's Holy Union. Nicole, thank you for joining me on the Holy Human podcast. Um, you are my guinea pig. You are my very first conversation on this podcast. Hell yeah. So thank you for, for doing this. Thank you for agreeing to, to do that. <laughs> of course. I think I had to have someone that I was so comfortable with to start this podcast off and that fully knows what it's like to, or the whole experience of putting yourself out there in new Super freaking uncomfortable ways. Uh huh. I hundred percent know that because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. This is honestly, this is. I, I use my voice all the time, and I I'm interviewed all the time by people, so I never actually get to flip the script and do the the questioning, right? Um. So yeah. So uh, it's a it's a bit nerve wracking. It's
4: funny because for me, it's the opposite too because I'm usually in the in the seat of supporting. And now right. we get to switch roles too, so it's
3: pretty fun. Yeah, you always yeah. ask me good questions in our <laughs> when we're sitting together. Um, so I just want uh, to first off start out with who you are and what you do. I actually I met Nicole through a good friend of ours, Kylie Macbeth, who I had been working with as a coach for a while and. She's like, you have to meet this lady named Nicolos because she she does this work called somatic experiencing. And first off, I'm like, what the hell is somatic experiencing, <laughs> which I'm sure a lot of people are wondering. You can explain what that is. I'm going to allow you to do that in a moment. But it's even difficult for me sometimes to still wrap my head around what it is that we actually are doing, because it's so involved. And sometimes I'm thinking, am I making this up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just—it's <laughs> totally. a fascinating experience and it all has to do with the body. So can you just explain what is somatic experiencing?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I too am still learning how to explain it because it is such mm-hmm. a, uh, I don't want to say surreal because it's very real, but the experience is sometimes hard to grasp and it's hard to put words to what it is that's happening. Right, But ultimately, mm-hmm. somatic experiencing is the work of Peter Levine. And what we're paying attention to is our survival physiology. So a lot of the time when we learn to pay our t- attention to our experiences, we learn to try to make sense of our experiences. But with somatic experiencing, we're actually paying attention to our mid and lower brain and what's happening at that level from more of a survival perspective. So when I'm going throughout my day, what's happening from, in, from within those systems? What's happening when I respond to something? How am I responding from a survival perspective instead of how am I trying to figure out what's happening and trying to make sense of what's happening? So it's kind of like mm-hmm. we're getting down into our primitive brain and trying to make sense of something that's
3: kind of hard to make sense of. Right. Yeah. Well, and use, use the word respond. I feel like a lot of us are triggered, you know, and don't really have the opportunity to even respond. We just naturally react from that old, from an old place that's, that's familiar. Totally. How do we even get into the option to respond? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, first off, before we go there, I'd love to talk about how and why we are so disconnected from the body. Mm -hmm. A lot of us live up in our heads most of the time. Mm -hmm. And why is there such a disconnect there? And how do we even start understanding like when we're triggered? Why is there such a disconnect there?
4: Yeah, I think to start off with, like when we're paying attention to our survival physiology, we're paying attention to what's below our head. We're paying attention to what's happening in our body. So how am I tightening? How is my heart rate increasing? How is my body changing in response to whatever's triggering me? How am I responding? And this isn't something we're often taught. We're taught to Mm -hmm. try to make sense of what's happening. You know, oh, I got triggered here. This is probably because of this, or I'm not even aware I'm triggered. I'm just responding the way I know how to respond because that's just what I know. We love what's familiar. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: So I think that's one of the biggest things is we're not taught how to pay attention to what's happening in our body. And also we can be numb to what's happening in our body. And that's a lot of society. We live in our heads and it's like, oh, I have this body, but I have no sense or idea of what the heck is happening in there.
3: And that can be a survival mechanism exactly. for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because I feel like so many of us have... A lot of trauma living within the body
5: mm-hmm.
3: and I feel like sometimes we need to even expand what our definition of trauma is because mm-hmm. a, a lot of us are walking around thinking there's only these large traumas that that's what really trauma is but there can also be a lot of small traumas like throughout our day-to-day experiences that we don't necessarily feel and uh or know that's locked in there yeah do you think that's the reason why we don't want to feel those things, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely one
4: of the reasons why we can be numb to our experience, it's not only because we didn't learn how to be with it, but it is because one of our survival mechanisms is to freeze, is to disconnect from our experience. So when we're looking at trauma, trauma ultimately is us stuck still trying to survive. And that can show up in so many different ways. It can show up, in us trying to be something we're not because it's safer to be something else. It can be us trying to constantly be on, constantly be in that go mode because slowing down doesn't feel okay, right? We don't know how to be anything, but in that go, go, go mode, or we're Mm -hmm. so disconnected that we're numb and we can carry on through life doing our thing, and then, for whatever reason, you know, all of a sudden you have this big blow up and have this crisis at work. And there's this—I'm forgetting the word. What's the word? <laughs> when you have—I wanted to call it a midlife crisis. But it's not that. That too. <laughs> you hit burnout at any rate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but ultimately, you have—you know—life is pretty good. Life is awesome. And then all of a sudden, something happens, and I get really sick and or I burn out and that's the thing. Trauma can show up in so many different ways. And we tend to associate trauma as these events that happen to us, but it's Mm -hmm. important to recognize trauma doesn't need to be an event at all. It's more about us stuck, still trying to survive these situations that happened throughout our life. So it can show up as so many different ways in our everyday
3: life. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What in your life brought you to this work <laughs> what made you choose somatic experiencing as your as your line of connecting with people really for me and i'm still in this
4: process of constantly knowing there's more to know about myself and about each other and it started for me through yoga And I got into teaching yoga and had a pretty strong yoga practice, but I never felt like that was it. So I was always inquiring, looking for more. I lived, and I still do, a really amazing life. I had a lot of opportunity. I can say in air quotes that I came from a good family. Life was really good, but I always knew something was missing. I always knew that there was more to us as human beings. So yoga was my introduction to that. And then through more curiosity, I got into Feldenkrais, which is another movement practice, which is all about exploring what your patterns and your habits are. So F-E-L-D-E-N-K-R-A-I-S. And the method is amazing. It's named after Moshe Feldenkrais. and He, in my opinion, was the pioneer of neuroplasticity. He very much looked at movement from a nervous system perspective, and was all about exploring what our patterns and our habits were and how to be more efficient with how we use ourselves. So he created this modality based a lot on how children learn to move, how we organically know how to move if we allow our structure to do what it's designed to do, but yet we get in our own way. We get in our own way from you know copying those around us. We get in our own way by getting injuries and overcompensating, undercompensating. And ultimately the work is about bringing ourselves back into our body and back towards moving the way we were designed to move. What I really appreciate about the Feldenkrais method is he uses movement as a way to get into the body, to get to know yourself more. So even though it's movement based, there's so many more layers, like read his books and it's mind blowing. There's so much depth to the work. A lot of acting action-based activities. It's like, oh, I get to be in my body and I can also not be in my body. (laughs) How do I teach a class but invite people to learn more about themselves? So Mm -hmm. that's where I got more into SE, where it's like, okay, there's I'm seeing all these nervous systems, I'm seeing all these bodies, but there's something lacking in how we are seeing ourselves. And it was the nervous system from a trauma perspective piece that really gave me insight into seeing the depths of us as human beings and where we get stuck and why we get stuck and how us in survival mode really limits us from not just this physical perspective, but now really understanding how the, that survival energy and us living in survival ultimately stops us from showing up as
3: yeah, are. there's, I mean, there's surviving and thriving, right? And so most of us are constantly in survival mode and there, there is no thriving. No, exactly. There's no access to thriving. I think, gosh, I, for even my personal experience, I think I'm just starting to thrive.
4: Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean,
3: I ju- <laughs> yeah. I, thank you, right? I'm like, that's a big fucking deal. It sure is. <laughs> because when you live in survival mode, you're. Gosh, there's no expanding outside of what we call the comfort zone. You know, there's no, there's no expanding outside of that. Yeah. There's no growth. There's a lot of stagnation. Yeah. Um, and like you're basically what you're saying, there's kind of this looping pattern and you're stuck in a loop, right? There's so, little access to intuition.
4: To, yes. Even to instincts. Instincts are a true. You you're know? constantly like,
3: questioning yourself, uh, you know, constantly. And like yeah. you're saying, with your instincts and your intuition and... And I
4: think I that brings us back to why we're so disconnected, why so many people are in their heads and mm-hmm. not in their bodies. Because ultimately it's like, I'm just trying to survive. And the best way I can do that is for, by living from my higher brain, my, near, right. my neocortex and just like,
3: oh, I can think my way through this. Right. this yeah, great. we can all we can think our way and it becomes very analytical and nothing becomes instinctual and, and feel that in the feeling. And especially for a woman, like when you get disconnected from that, like that's You're disconnected from your complete life force. I mean, not just for women, everybody, but especially as a a woman, I think we naturally have that innate feminine life force and flow. And clearly we're living in a world that's all cut off from that. 100%. (laughs) Do you feel like you always had a connection to your own
4: body? I feel like I've always had a connection to knowing, my deeper Uh knowing. I feel like I've always been pretty in my body and I also have definitely been numb. And Mm -hmm. the more I do this work, the more I realize how ultimately in freeze I am. And I think a lot of the world, because it's Mm -hmm. like, let's just shut this down and not feel. And as I do the work, the more access I'm getting to feeling the depth of emotion and understanding of who I am. And that's still evolving Um, so even though I did have a lot of access to my body, I now recognize that I still was in freeze.
3: All right. So on that note, we are going to freeze and take a breath for a quick break. But when we come back, I'm going to get into sharing a moment when I was frozen.
1: Burn at GetSmartburn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with smart metabolic burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
6: Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character Gray Parish from my new series, Parish. Yeah, I can drive my character was a getaway driver
3: yeah
6: i'm retired from my life you know that his business is failing his house is going up for sale he is the every man tell me about this driver job we got a lot of action in this show we have moments of real danger and we want to feel as if anything could happen Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice.
2: Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. This is it, your moment. at Edu. Welcome back,
3: everyone. Last night, I was having a freak out about doing this interview with you. yeah, And uh, my husband's like giving me this pep talk of, oh, you're going to be great. And you do this all the time. And literally I went through fight, flight and freeze all in one experience. (laughs) And the crazy thing is you've made me so aware of it now. I literally started an argument with him like and wanted to fight like with him about him telling me I was great then I literally like left the room and went upstairs and then I completely froze in bed like I couldn't move I started to go into like (laughs) depression mode and all of a sudden in the middle of the night last night I woke up from my sleep and went oh my god I just went through the whole experience right there with like one in one conversation and it's amazing the awareness is beautiful but it's also so freaking painful Because then you Mm -hmm. when you start to have this awareness around your trauma responses, you start to realize like how often you're living there. Like you were just (laughs) saying, like how often that happens, how often I freeze. I actually had the experience of a freeze state right before I went on stage the other day. Mm -hmm. If I had not have done this work with you, I would have never known what was happening and how to re like acquaint myself with like the space and actually kind of come back into the moment in my my own you know experience how to actually get out of that but are you willing to share what you what you experienced that showed you it was freeze and then
4: how you got uh, out of it? Sure
3: um usually my free state just feels like super heavy in my body um I feel heavy I feel like everything kind of slows down and I feel like like my vision all of a sudden gets like um, almost blurry and hyper-focused. And I don't, I feel like I can't move. I really it mm-hmm. feel like I'm frozen. And yeah. I started to use mindfulness really to reacquaint myself with the room and the, uh, you know, what, what was I smelling? What was, what was I, you know, my, I guess I was kind of broad, um, broadening my sense of focus. It didn't have to be, it wasn't so hyper-focused anymore. So I was just trying to acquaint myself mm-hmm. with the the moment and the room that I was in, because what happens to me is before I go on stage, I can get really hyper focused on wanting to do it right. You know, making sure that I go over lyrics sometimes in my head that can all of a sudden just put me into a freeze state. Yeah, it was it was really about me coming back into the moment, coming back into my breath, and then trusting. I have to remind myself, mm. especially before I walk on stage, like trusting, I know what I'm doing. Like I've done this my whole life and really yeah. loving the part of myself that was scared, like coming, like even just touching yeah. my own body and like coming back into my heart and knowing like my intention for what I'm going to do when I walk on stage is I'm just going to share my heart. I'm to share it, which is, by the way, it seems can be really <laughs> fear inducing in itself of like, yeah, I'm just going to go share my heart. Yep. But For me, that's no like, big that's, deal. <laughs> what I feel like I'm put here to do, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, so that, that was kind of my experience.
4: And what's cool, like as you're talking about it, there's the knowing of what you did, but then there's also the embodying of what you did, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I can try to think my way out of this or I can try to really you know, oh, I've done this a million times, you've got this, there's that (laughs) mental activity, but then there's actually feeling what part of you knows that you Mm, got this and what part of you knows that you're present. Like, how do you know that your attention's broadening instead of just being all hyper-focused, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I love about this work is we're aware of ourselves then moving into these survival states. So into fight, into flee, into shutting down, into ultimately our survival patterns. So first we start to become aware of how that happens, right? Mm -hmm. What that feels like in our own body, what that looks like, how do I know I'm moving more into freeze and how I often explain it. It's like, Oh, I'm going down that highway again, the highway. I know Mm -hmm. really well, I'm moving into that freeze response and I know it. And there's this other highway over here. And by Tapping into some of the tools you mentioned, I can choose something different. I don't have to stay stuck down this highway. I don't have to stay frozen. I can actually start to feel connected to myself again and Mm. orient to my surroundings and have my system recognize this isn't as dangerous as I'm perceiving it. It's actually more like, oh, I feel a bit more expansive and less freezy. Or Mm. I'm noticing as I look around and I'm noticing smells or I'm noticing the things that I'm seeing, I notice I organically take a breath and I feel myself shifting out of that freeze state and feel some sensation in my feet on the ground. Really using these opportunities like, oh, I notice I'm traveling down this road I know really well, but what else is possible
3: so I can start to establish a new potential pattern here, mm-hmm. a new highway to travel yeah, down. And you, you just said a word that I think is such a it's a key word that's used so often. And I wonder if you could just expand upon what embodiment is a little bit more because (laughs) I hear it all the time and I still, I'm just now starting to, I think, understand exactly what that is. Um, But yeah, if you could expand upon that, that would be great.
4: Yeah, embodiment, similar to wholeness, I think when we get to wholeness Mm -hmm. is a word that we don't know until we know it. And <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful. I know, right? <laughs> I was actually just in a training, and one of the teachers says, "You don't know what you don't know until you know it." And
3: like, yes, ah, and it's true. It's so true. Like, it is so true. Right? Can I just say this? It's not even to you know it; it's to you until you feel it. Exactly. There's a big exactly. difference because I've known yeah. a lot of shit, yeah. but until I feel it. Yeah, which is the work that you do, which is, I yes. think, the key component in my own healing journey of where I felt that something just wasn't clicking completely. This concepts that I had in my head, and I had all this knowledge, you know, all of this experience, actually, of talking about it and therapizing it. There you go. That's a word, therapizing. Um, but <laughs> yep, I <definitely>. never had <laughs> the bodily experience. And so... I just wanted to, when we talk about knowing, we really mean like the full bodily knowing. Exactly.
4: Yeah. Yeah, There's two different types of knowing. There's knowing logically, and then there's knowing through the body's experience of just knowing. Embodying ultimately means embodying the experience of what is being explored or embodying whatever is being explored. So for example, um, for me, like I said, I was just at a workshop this weekend. We were exploring the somatics of complex emotions, which Mm -hmm. that's amazing. (laughs) How to look at emotions from a somatic way, somatic meaning of the body. So what is the Mm -hmm. pattern of emotions in our body? And something I personally have been working on myself is receiving, the depth of actually receiving support from other people. Mm -hmm. And I can know that, that someone's there for me. But to actually feel that has been a real big challenge for me. So through my explorations, this has been an ongoing process for me. But I had this shift within my body. I woke up at 4 a.m. just being like, holy shit, they care. (laughs) And I just had this feeling in my body that indicated like they care, they care.
3: Mm.
4: And the love is unconditional and the support is there. And there was now a body belief of that versus Mm -hmm. just the mind knowing of that.
3: That makes me want to cry because I don't know that yet completely. Uh, It's only half my body that knows. Okay, good. Well, that (laughs) half, we're gonna cheer that half on big time. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Oh my god, because yeah, I feel like so many of us, you know Mm -hmm. the, you know the idea of unconditional love, the idea of belonging. The idea of receiving, like those are beautiful things that I hope that we all one day get to feel and truly embody. But I think so many of us, we don't, like you're saying, we don't know truly what that experience feels like. And it's, that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. I I mean, so many of us are, we have it right in front of us we yep. have the people that are yep. and, and the belonging and the and the love right there in front of us and when it it's when we've built up these walls to not mm-hmm. allow it in whether it be because of our own beliefs of i think this is such a deep belief for almost everyone is that we aren't worthy of it
4: and i want to challenge that it's a belief i don't even think it's a belief i think it's a protection in the system that yeah. feels that it has to protect from receiving that. And with it comes the sense. belief.
3: So you're basically saying we have these defense mechanisms that we ultimately are, that we feel and what we're feeling is causing is, is connected to the belief. That's how I see it.
4: I see it again. It, it happens so much in our body. It's in our cells. It's in our, the way our nervous system and our lower and midbrain communicate with one another. It's that part of trying to survive, that implements these protecting mechanisms, that implements this uh, ultimately survival patterns that don't necessarily allow us to connect because connection doesn't feel safe. And to me, it starts within that survival physiology. And then we obviously gain beliefs from that because that's the experience.
3: That's actually, that's amazing. And that actually frees me. (laughs) I just felt like such a freeing (laughs) feeling from that because I don't know how many times I think to myself, why can't I change this self-worth belief? Mm -hmm. And that just totally explained it to me because I can't, (laughs) feel it. Exactly. Cause it's in the cells, the belief is in the cells. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Number two, we're working on that next. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so <Yeah>. We have <laughs> receiving and self-worth <laughs> and then, you know, something that you introduced me to, and I really wanted to have you on as one of my first guests to talk about wholeness because of the podcast being called The Holy Human. I thought that would be a great place to, foundationally to start. And I I feel like now that you've introduced me to this idea of wholeness, which I feel like I've only touched upon, it's not just a concept, it's now I've actually felt it. I feel like it's so foundational. And yep. I, I just would love for you to tell everyone what what, what is wholeness to you? Yeah,
4: it's an interesting thing because wholeness is relatively new to me in a word context. The idea the idea of wholeness is new to me, probably within the last year and a half, but it's something that I've always experienced. I'm so grateful for this. I remember, you know, growing up and being in high school and we would <laughs> drive around with the windows down and everyone in the car would heckle everyone, because that's what you do in high school, annoyingly. <laughs> um Just induce trauma on people. But But I remember always being like, guys, you have to stop. Like, this is so wrong because I've always just seen in all human beings, which is sometimes hard to grasp because some human beings are evil, but there's this sense of wholeness. Like you are already whole. You are already at your core, someone, something that is expansive ultimately, but we aren't taught how to show up from that place we aren't taught to pay attention to that place we're taught and we just automatically show up more in our survival patterns mm-hmm. so wholeness to me is this sense of you are already whole you're already with such an experiential thing that it's just you already are yet you have all these other
3: ways of showing up in the world to help you survive Yeah, wholeness uh I feel like we're origin the idea of original sin and the idea in religion of, you know, of us being we're sinners and we're already broken and there's something yeah. outside of us that will make us whole and yes. you know that really is I mean that's the basis of of feeling like we're fragmented, and that yeah. and that that fragmentation, I don't necessarily feel like that fragmentation is wrong. There's nothing wrong no. with it. It's just yeah. like we're saying pieces of who we are. Yeah, it's the remembrance of that we are, foundationally, fundamentally whole mm-hmm. is what enables us to bring to actually even for me, it's it's allowed me to look at these fragments without with less judgment. Totally. Yeah, it's
4: kind of like it helps you differentiate like, oh, this is me showing up in life, trying to do what I know how to do, and there's space for change there. There's it's malleable. That mm-hmm. fragmentation can start to evolve and become back, come into who I already am. Mm-hmm. That I don't have to be these other pieces, these fragmentations. I can differentiate. and as I work through the layers of that, I can eventually come more and more into my wholeness. I use a river analogy for this, which I find really helpful. Yeah. The river analogy, ultimately, it's partially I'm pulling it from Peter Levine's work, but also bringing in aspects of from my spiritual teacher, Chris Durkies. And how I kind of see life in general is... Us and our wholeness is when we're in the river, when we're connected to our life force energy. And when we are in that state, we are able to respond to whatever's happening in our life. It's not that life is you know, great all the time and we're happy all the time because that's bullshit. (laughs) It's more that I'm able to regulate. I'm able to respond to whatever happens in my environment and move through it and carry on in life without staying stuck In my trigger or stuck in my activation, Mm -hmm. something happens, I respond, and then I'm back into feeling connected, in flow, carrying on down my river. But when we have trauma, we tend to get sucked down into vortexes. So, flowing down the river, life's pretty good. Something happens, and I get pulled into one of my survival patterns. I'm pulled into one of my traumas. I'm stuck believing I still need to survive. Mm -hmm. So, let's say, I'm going to throw an example in here so it's more relatable. Let's say I'm having an argument with my partner and all of a sudden I move into anger and it feels too much, so I shut down. So I'm pulled into my trauma vortex, which is me just shut down, unable to express, I'm defensive and you know I just want to storm out of there. There's all this energy, but I'm kind of just stuck in it. And we go to sleep and the next day, you know, we just carry on doing our thing, but I'm still kind of stuck in the energy of that vortex. And that can happen over and over and over throughout our day. This ultimately is dysregulation where mm. I'm stuck in all my trauma responses. I'm stuck trying to survive. I'm stuck on fighty flea, anxious energy or totally shut down and can't feel just carrying on with my life versus when I'm in the river and I can just feel and I can be in flow and I can adapt to whatever I'm feeling. So when we're stuck in these vortexes, that's when this work is so important. It's like, how do I start to pick apart these vortexes? How do I ultimately find again, coming back to the highway analogy, another road to travel down? Mm -hmm. So what's important to recognize is with every vortex, there's a counter vortex that connects us back into the river, back into the sense of I'm already whole. And the vortex is ultimately just one of the fragmentations. So with every fragmentation, there's still this connection of, oh, I'm already whole. I'm, I still have access to self. I still have access to life force energy. I might just be really caught up in this vortex that I don't realize it. I don't even know how to navigate my way back there. And that's where I find this work so important is like I can now recognize I'm being drawn into one of those vortexes, into one of my patterns, and however it shows up for me in that energy of, you know, shutting down or my energy of freaking out or my energy of wanting to run away, whatever's involved in that. But how do I start to access this counter vortex? How do I start to access this piece that is connected into feeling in flow? in connected into life force energy connected into wholeness so ultimately that's what this work is about is dabbling into the counter vortex to then dip back into the trauma vortex in a titrated way because when we're in the depth of our patterns it's really hard to work with but when we can learn to explore our responses in a small way it's easier to find a new road to start to travel down so when we think of the counter vortex, it's like, what, what do I experience there? When I think of connection, someone who supports me, someone who um, I know is there for me. And like we said earlier, sometimes that's not available. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, oh, what furry friend do I have that I feel some connection with? Or right. what location, place do I have? connection with that allows me to feel less of the trauma vortex and more of the counter vortex, more access into the sense of wholeness. Mm. If I take a moment and just imagine or remember a place, a person, a thing that allows me to feel a little more connected, what happens in my body? How do I dip into this counter vortex by allowing my system to recognize like, hey, that river is still there? Let's kind of dip out of the vortex a little, the trauma vortex, and into a little bit of the sense of feeling a little more supported. So for me, nature is a big one, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's going out into nature or even just thinking of a place that I feel supported in nature. And then all of a sudden that vortex feels less intense and I can remind myself like, oh, here I am connected into something that is less intense, isn't always great and I feel totally connected and supported <laughs> but it's at least kind of veering in the direction of wholeness right
3: especially yeah, if wholeness
4: then, isn't available yet.
3: Yeah no that's what I find so interesting about what you have helped me do is understand that we can hold multiple experiences at one time and just because maybe I'm now connected with the sense of wholeness doesn't and thank you for reminding me of this by the way doesn't mean that I'm going to be completely (laughs) out of now out of my uncomfortable experience like I can actually hold Uh both of those places at the same time all right we're gonna pause for just a moment but when we come back we're gonna be diving a bit deeper into the vortex of trauma
1: Burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease
6: hi i'm giancarlo esposito and i'm here to introduce you to my character gray parish from my new series parish yeah i can drive my character was a getaway driver
1: yeah
6: i'm retired from my life you know that his business is failing his house is going up for sale he is the everyman. tell me about this driver job we got a lot of action in this show we have moments of real danger and we want to feel as if anything could happen Ray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head.
2: Now, let's go!
6: He will try to do what's right and seek justice.
2: Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. This is it, your moment. at purdueglobal.edu.
3: Welcome back, my loves. So just to kind of give people a little bit of a simple practice of being able to notice when we are in the trauma vortex, as you call it, and then... Mm -hmm be able to come out of that uh, trauma vortex is to think of or go out and experience something that makes us feel connected. And by the way, the imagination is incredible. Like you're saying, we don't have to walk out into nature. We really can just imagine that and imagine that feeling of being in that space. So that's the counter. How do people know especially when we have not become aware of our trauma, how do we Mm -hmm. begin to become aware of our trauma? What is what's like the first step in becoming aware of that? Yeah, I think the first step is just starting to be curious
4: and what you experience in your body when you are noticing yourself triggered. So, oh, I'm noticing I'm getting in this argument with my partner and I can sense my jaw clenching and I can feel a tightness in my belly and I can feel my hands wanting to be a fist. Now I feel a tightness in my throat and I can't even say anything. Right? It's so I'm paying attention to how my body's changing as I'm in these situations that might be triggering, that are moving me more into some sort of fight or flee energy or some sort of shutdown energy where it's like. And ultimately, shutdown shows up because feeling is too much. All of this is too much. Let's put a put the brakes on and not feel anything, which we're all very good at doing. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's starting to just pay attention to how do I notice myself? How am I experiencing myself in these situations? And then I invite not only in situations where you're triggered, but in situations where you're feeling enjoyment, expansion, when you're having a social engagement with friends like how do you notice connection how do you notice a sense of receiving support right like what does that feel like oh i'm hanging out with my friends and i'm noticing this sense of warmth in my stomach and this expansion and this like wanting to make contact and lean in and you know what's showing up in ultimately all the situations throughout your life how is it your body showing up how is it your nervous system showing up because there's so much to learn from those places. So to start just by paying attention, what are you experiencing? Yes,
3: yeah, because yeah, wholeness, which was something that I found fascinating, wholeness allowed me to connect with joy mm-hmm. in a new way that my my experience of wholeness was like, oh wow. and and joy is really true joy, I think is has been very challenging for me to connect with. the sense of play has been very Mm -hmm. challenging for me to connect with just because I, I mean, I didn't really have much of a childhood. (laughs) like this very dampened. So when I started to experience wholeness for the first time, and even just the thought of like, wow, I'm whole, (laughs) like completely whole already. And then truly feeling into that was, oh, this is my natural joyous state. Like, and it it is available. Mm -hmm. It was such a relief to feel that. But it was truly, I think, probably the first time I had felt joy, like real joy. So amazing. It is. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful experience. And I do have that some days I have more access to it than others. um, But just even having that Mm -hmm. first experience, once we have that one experience, we know that it's we know that it does exist. And I think that's a beautiful thing that's it and that's so thank it's you for such that. a beautiful thing
4: <laughs> hell yeah it's a beautiful yeah. sign that you're no <laughs> longer less in the vortexes and as the vortexes start to shift as the vortexes mm-hmm. start to become smaller as you move through the pieces of the trauma the river gets bigger and you have more and more access to your true essence which is emotions in their purest form joy being one of them right Mm -hmm.
3: which is so beautiful yeah I mean so many of us are really living in in trauma at this moment in time and being triggered in ways that I think we have to get curious about or I mean for me I'm triggered in new ways all the time and I think curiosity is so key at this moment in time because judgment is judgment is the first place that we normally go Instead of, I feel like instead of curiosity, Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts on ways to, I guess it's really recognizing when we are in judgment and choosing differently, choosing to be curious instead of judgmental.
4: I think even just the contrast of noticing contraction versus expansion can be helpful. One easier way to look at it is when do I feel contraction and when do I feel expansion? Often with judgment Mm, or fear or with whatever people's patterns are relative to those situations, there's probably a contractiveness to it. And then with joy, with playfulness, with engaging with other humans, with really feeling safe, there's more of a sense of expansion to it. And there can be too far expanded where we're just lost in la-la land a little bit. But the curiosity of when do I feel expansiveness and when do I feel contraction? just the curiosity around that might give more insight might lead to more curiosity because even if I'm in one of my survival patterns and noticing with curiosity, there's a bit
3: more space versus if I'm in it, there's going to be more contraction. Yeah. That makes sense. Thank you for clarifying. Um, Yeah. I of course being the musician that I am uh, I'm always interested in the way music affects people's lives And because I do think it's so Mm -hmm. powerful, it's such a powerful art form. And I wanted on this podcast to start something called the Holy Five, which was, it's basically five songs that either describe your life, or pieces of you, or maybe that make you feel and that maybe Mm -hmm. make you feel different things and, and, and relate to different pieces of you. So I would love to talk to you about what your love of music is and what those five songs are for you. Yeah.
4: I love that you're adding this. I'm one of those people that never knows what who the artist is or what the song name is, but I love listening to music. And (laughs) depending on my experience, depends on what type of music I'm listening to. Like I'll go through phases of just wanting to listen to Mm -hmm. classical music. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Okay, we're rolling with this. But there's something in my system that's like craving classical or or classic guitar. I went through this like phase right. of just wanting to listen to classical guitar music. And I was like, what is this? Um, <laughs> and then I find also, depending on what my nervous system state is on, on a daily basis, it changes what kind of music I want to listen to. So I really value this question because mm-hmm. it it's something that's in my awareness. Like when I'm feeling more feisty or when there's some anger or aggression or frustration in, I, I pull in my high school punk playlist. I
3: and <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> or yeah. And I, 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 do it, too. Yeah. I have literal playlists for every emotion. It's a way to express those feelings yeah. that we sometimes cannot or have a challenging time getting in touch with on our own, you know? Yeah, totally.
4: So yeah, I really
3: appreciate it. So what are your question. five?
4: <laughs> so it yes. depends Thank on my you. mood. One of my always go-tos, and it has been for a long time, is Xavier Rudd, Spirit Bird. And I used to live in Whistler, and, and Xavier Rudd used to live in Whistler before he became big, and he would play at all the apres bars, and I would follow him everywhere and go see all his shows. So I have a real connection to his music because it's very soulful. He's very connected. He, When he plays, I've, it feels like it's reaching me at a soul level. It has this richness to I it and that. this depth to it.
3: And I really, really value his music. I love that. I feel like people are going to start introducing me to musicians that I didn't even know about, which is so cool. So. You don't know about Xavier Rudd? I, I don't. I don't think I do. And I'm going to go listen. Oh, man. Do it <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm excited. Definitely. I love this. I have a feeling okay. you don't know
4: anyone, I'm going to tell you. My other go-to song right now is it has a lot, a real richness to it from a love perspective. It's this couple based out of Victoria, BC. They're called Aki Elliott. And the song is Run To You.
5: Remember, Run to you.
4: And I've seen them in mm-hmm. concert a couple of times. They're this gorgeous couple that just speak at a deeper level, like the way they play to one another and with one another. You can just feel love. And the song, yeah, it's it's got this beautiful flow to it and this exchange to it. It's my like number one go-to right now. And, and then nice. sensuality and sexuality is something that's big in my life right now. Again, we were talking a little bit about the feminism that's really alive and well for me right now. This expression of self and really tapping into more sexuality. And there's this one song called Acoustic by, and I might say his name wrong, Billy Rough Fool.
3: Oh, I love that song. Oh, my gosh. We don't need to be loved to improve it. All we need is just... Exactly.
4: Oh, my gosh. It's so, so good. good.
3: Yes, that's one of mine, too. It's so clean too. and simple. Oh, I love it.
4: Yeah, I play it often. It's
3: such a good oh, one. I take
4: it. Yes. And then I, I want to throw a punk song in there because it's so, it's so good. Like, as soon as there's any aggravation or anger or Disgust. The song's really good for Disgust. It's called The Anti-Love Song by Bad Cop, Bad Cop. And it like, she makes the blah, blah, blah <laughs> sound in it all the time. <laughs> blah,
3: blah, 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 blah. I feel like <laughs> that's like, the sound that you make me <laughs> make. Disgust. <laughs> 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 totally. I love it. So that one's,
4: yeah. Anytime there's some sort of anger, I find myself drawn to that song. And okay. then I'm going to cheat on my fifth song and just name a band because I could listen to this band for hours. It makes me think of road tripping music and that's um, Camp, C-A-A-M-P.
1: I wish i had more time
3: Listening to you speak your mind Now I'm thinking about it. And all their music I don't, is no so camp. good. It, but I totally feel like I would love them. Yeah, no, awesome. you definitely would. So that's...
4: thanks for sharing
3: those because I feel like I feel like I get a little more in depth of like what moves you yeah totally which is cool yeah happy to share. thank you so much for coming on here and thank you for being my very first um I have so enjoyed having you on here you have truly truly made a difference in my life Um, (laughs) I'll start crying talking about that too but you have you've made such a difference in my world and the way I experience life and I'm grateful
4: honored
3: to have you in my life and
2: to support
3: you in that. Thank you. Alright everyone, that is it for this week's Holy Human. I so loved connecting with Nicole and with you. Next week, I am going to be welcoming a super cool guy to my podcast. He is my dear friend, Lewis House, and we are going to be talking all things about vulnerability and what an incredible superpower it is. So until then, I wish you much love, clarity, and wholeness. I love you. Holy Human with Leanne Rimes is a production of iHeartRadio. Listen and follow Holy Human on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
0: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause.